This is the free version of the Making the Grade podcast, covering Raw, SmackDown, and WWE pay-per-view events. For the full version of this show, including coverage of any network-exclusive non-pay-per-view content, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Making the Grade for the week ending February 8th, 2019. Before we jump into the recaps and the reviews and the whatnot, I want to send huge congratulations out to the kingpin, Brian Malonis, who just this past Monday officially signed a contract with Ring of Honor Wrestling. I am so thrilled for him. He is a hell of a guy, a great in-ring competitor, and he absolutely deserves this opportunity. Uh, Way to go, kingpin. I am proud of you. We move on to Monday and Monday Night Raw. We open the show with Stephanie. She is immediately interrupted by the man. Steph reminds us that Becky challenged Ronda last week in one of the worst Raw segments in recent history. Steph then reminds us of Becky's injured knee and then claims that Becky has refused medical attention since the Rumble. Becky affirms that the doctors aren't going to touch her. Steph says she appreciates Becky's fighting spirit, but she can't let Becky compete at WrestleMania if she can't be cleared by the WWE's medical staff. Becky tells her to fuck off. Becky then tells Stephanie that there's nothing she can do to stop her from competing at Mania. Um... About that. She's in McMahon, Bex. That's not, not going to work out well for you. Uh, Steph begs Becky to just see the doctor and says if she won't, she'll have to suspend her. Becky refuses. Steph suspends her. So Becky beats her up. Because what this red-hot feud needed was Stephanie McMahon. Negative points. Becky fights off road agents and referees and tweaks her knee again as we go to break. She heads to the back. Backstage, Becky is being let out when Rhonda appears to cut a wooden promo. She then gives her some medical advice. Liv Morgan, who is hotter than Carmella, is in the ring to face off against Rhonda. Grr, grr, mean mug Rhonda in the back, smiles and high-fives her way to the ring, then starts mean mugging again. Liv starts the match by avoiding Rhonda as much as possible. Liv then taps to the armbar. Grade C. I didn't skip anything. That's all that happened. Ronda then cuts a shitty promo about the crowd booing her and calls out Sarah Logan. Match number two, Ronda Rousey versus Sarah Logan. This match manages to last through an entire commercial break, and Sarah even gets some offense in when we come back, but this does not last long as Ronda gets the armbar about a minute later, if that. Grade C. Meh. Ruby thinks about letting Ronda sweep, but changes her mind. Meanwhile, in the ring, Ronda looks like someone just took her favorite building blocks away. In Gorilla, Dasha? Maybe? Asks Ronda why she ran away. Not Ronda, Ruby. Asks Ruby right why she ran away. Match number three, Raw Tag Contender Match, Heavy Machinery versus Lucha House Party versus two teams that enter during the commercial break. But first, Charlie is with Boss Hugs backstage and she asks them about failures. They are approached by the team, team, team of Alicia Fox and Nikki Cross. Fuck, damn it, WWE, why would you make me actively hate a Nikki Cross match? Your commercial entrants were the B-Team and the Revival, so thanks for coming, boys. Lucha House Party is represented this evening by Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado. We're 45 seconds into the match, and Corey Graves is making cat puns about Lince Dorado. Uh, the Revival actually win following a shatter machine on Bo Dallas, I believe it was. Uh, grade B, decent tag match. Backstage, Kurt Hawkins is still upset. Zach is also upset because they spelled his name wrong last week, so it's cool because they're both losers. But Zach has a plan. Elsewhere, Kurt Angle is walking. His speech is next. 
Kurt pretends like he's about to actually officially retire until Baron Corbin appears. appears. Fucking Christ. Which idiot on the creative team thinks we want to see Baron Corbin every goddamn week? Corbin yaks. Kurt challenges him. Drew comes out and has some words. The two young hosses then decide to fight Grandpa until, that is, Braun Strowman arrives. The heels get beaten up and run. So that fucking happened. Stereotypical white guy Michael Cole then sends us to the Black History Month package. We then get a recap of last week and Seth getting destroyed for no particular reason. Then Nikki Cross and Alicia Fox attack Boss Hugs during their entrance and Bailey tries to fight back but fails. We come back from break and it turns out there is actually a match after all here. Match number four, Boss Hugs versus Hashtag Bitches Be Crazy. Bailey basically fights the entire match by herself and still wins. Grade C. It was an Alicia Fox match after all. Alicia blames Nikki as Boss Hugs celebrate backstage. Charlie asks Apollo about Kurt Angle. This somehow manages to lead to a confrontation between Apollo and Rezar. It's fucking weird. Enter your fat uncle who still thinks he can relate to kids today. He spits lukewarm... What's the opposite of fire? Uh, And then introduces Double J. Why is this happening? It is 20 goddamn 19. Jeff Jarrett is 51 years old. Oh, then they start singing with my baby tonight again. Negative points. Road Dog is 49, by the way. Elias is 31. Why the fuck is this happening? I hate this. Match number five, Double J versus Elias. Elias talks down to them for being fucking ancient and refuses to play a song. Jeff Jarrett quotes Scott Hall, near as I can tell, and then apparently Double J is now in DX as Road Dog tells Elias to suck it again. Elias thankfully pins Jarrett following a drift away. Grade C. It's almost as if Jeff Jarrett shouldn't be fucking wrestling. Road Dog then attacks Elias. Please, please, please don't make me sit through an Elias Road Dog match next week. Please. Jarrett waffles Elias in the back with a guitar that doesn't break. Backstage, Natty is packing with Dana Brooke appear sorry, when Dana Brooke appears to apologize for losing the match last week. Dana gets pissed that Natty isn't acknowledging her, so she screams that she's going to go demand a match against Natty next week. Dana storms off, Natty removes her AirPods and looks confused. It's funny, you see, because it was a misunderstanding or something. Three weeks from tonight in Atlanta, it's a celebration for Ric Flair's seventieth birthday, so expect him to have a match. We then recap the opening segment. Corey suggests that Becky doesn't want to see the doctors because they may diagnose an injury that would keep her out of WrestleMania. Two minutes later, Cole suggests that Becky doesn't want to see the doctors because they may diagnose an injury that would keep her out of WrestleMania. Good listening, Cole. In Gorilla, Charlie is with Finn. Shouldn't he be resting? She's asking a lot of dumb questions tonight. Match number six, Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley. Lashley berates Finn for losing to Lesnar, then claims he can beat Lesnar in any environment, any night. He then tells Balor that he needs to fight people his own size, and that tonight he'll be facing Leo Rush instead. Then he beats the shit out of Balor. At one point, Lashley trips Balor and pulls him out of the ring to the floor, right in front of the referee. Cole says that this has to be a DQ, which is the smartest thing he said all night. So the referee just throws Bobby Lashley out of the ringside area. Finn beats Leo with a coup de grace and leaves the ring before Bobby reappears. Grade B. Decent, but kind of short. Then we get a surprise visit from Paige. Paige here. Time to plug a movie. Then it's time for a moment of bliss. Alex's guest is EC3. She wants to jump his bones. She wants to know what brand he's going to be on, but before he can answer, Naya appears. Fucking Christ. 
She sucks her own dick, and I want to hang myself. She threatens to take Becky's spot at WrestleMania, and the air raid drill begins. Dean cuts a promo about Nia's obvious crush on him and his raw sexual magnetism, and I laughed, I admit it. Dean throws some rapid-fire questions at EC3 and then channels him to a match, so three decks him. Match number seven, EC3 versus Dean Ambrose. Another quick match, three counters, a powerbomb or pile driver or something into a pinfall. Grade B. See the last match. Decent, but short. Charlie is then backstage with Kurt. Elsewhere, Mojo screams in a mirror again, except he's not looking at himself in the mirror. He's looking at the camera, so it's like he's screaming at us. Match number eight, Drew McIntyre versus Baron Corbin. Nope, Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin versus Kurt Angle and Braun Strowman. Speaking of people who need to hang up the boots, it's Baron Corbin. They tease that Drew is going to make Kurt tap to the ankle lock again. It's dead center of the ring. McIntyre is torquing. Angle is hollering. And Braun Strowman is standing in the corner begging for a tag. You're you're not going to hop in there, buddy? Maybe, I don't know, break up that submission maneuver so you don't lose? Maybe? I mean, I'm just spitballing here. The finish of this match makes no goddamn sense whatsoever uh, when Braun, who isn't the legal man for his team, attacks Baron, who is the legal man for his team, and is immediately disqualified. No five count. No warning. Nothing. And the commentators pass this off as though this has always been the rule. What the fuck? Grade C. Nonsense. They take out Strowman long enough to tease that they might double choke slam Angle onto the bottom section of ring steps, but Strowman makes his perfectly timed recovery and choke slams Corbin on the steps in se- instead. Overall grade for Raw, D+. Plus. This was nonsense. Short matches, pointless segments, guys who shouldn't be wrestling, Stephanie awkwardly shoehorning herself into the Raw women's title story. If you're going to insist on making the Mania match a triple threat that nobody fucking wants, there are far better ways of doing it than you're out of the match, now you're in the match, but now you're back, so you have to go back in the match, so you're both in the match. And on that same note, the best thing that you could come up with was let's suspend Becky since she won't go to the doctor? Awful. Just awful. All right, Blue, what do you got for me? We open SmackDown with the Queen, Charlotte Flair, and a recap of Becky and Stephanie fighting last night. But what does this have to do with Charlotte? Well, Charlotte wants the spotted mania, obviously. The man then appears in the crowd. Charlotte calls on security to make sure Becky has a ticket and then talks shit to her as she hops the barricade and gets in the ring. And security does nothing. Security, referees, and officials swarm. Becky and Charlotte bicker, and then Hunter appears, tells Becky to go home and see the doctor, and then Becky asks after Steph, so Hunter talks down to her. Hunter says she's really just scared and looking for a way out. Her getting punched in the face by Naya, that was a way out. Her refusing to go to the doctor and getting suspended, that was a way out. Just so she doesn't have to fight Rhonda. He then doubts the veracity of her knee injury, so she slaps him and leaves. Back from break for match number one, Gallows and Anderson versus Rusev Day Nakamura. Phillips makes the very valid point about why would Rusev team with Shinsuke after Shinsuke caused Lana to be injured twice with no remorse. The question that isn't asked, however, is why would Lana be okay with it? Rusev goes for a tag, but Shinsuke's on the ground on the outside. Lana fights with him, trying to get him to, to his feet to make the tag. But in the meantime, the club have tagged and are about to hit the magic killer. Shinsuke, who is basically just dead, dives in the ring, takes out Galax, Kinshasa's Anderson, and Rusev pins Anderson for three. Grade C. Why even have a tag division? Phillips then gives us a very awkward segue into a Mustafa Ali promo. The promo is not one of Ali's best. 
Then Paige is sitting in a dark room to promote her movie. The Usos then talk shit about the World Cup's greatest tag team. Match number two, Randy Orton versus Mustafa Ali, who is already in the ring. Hi, new guy. Orton then gets a Goldman box to cut Mustafa's knees out from under him. At some point, Mustafa gets stiffed and his left eye starts blowing up like a balloon. I tried to go back and see when this happened, but I either missed it again or I didn't go back far enough. Ali avoids an RKO and hits a beautiful diving, swinging DDT, but a few moments later gets yanked off the top ropes into an RKO for three. Grade A. This was a really good match. Ali continues to impress and is being given nice big names to impress with. Then Samoa Joe comes out and beats them both up. Then he gets startled by his own theme music. Daniel Bryan enters as we go to break. We come back from break to Joe in the back. He promises to win the Elimination Chamber and to destroy everyone else. Brian is in the ring with his beautiful new title. Tonight, Eric Rowan is sporting an Amon Amarth t-shirt. I do not know as much about them as I do about Ailstorm. Someone in the crowd has a sign that says the U.S. title deserves better. I agree completely. Daniel is very happy to be home, where people understand what it is that he is trying to accomplish. We get a shot of a guy in the crowd who has fashioned his own replica of the environmentally friendly WWE title. And then Rowan gets to talk. I had honestly forgotten what his voice sounded like. Daniel then leads us into a promo video for the chamber. He lists off his opponents and then reminds us that we need him. The planet needs him as the WWE champion. Backstage, a clown talks about how Daniel's title belt makes him sick. Need a reminder about that whisper belt garbage in TNA, Jeff? That was a disgrace. Not this. Match number three, two former cheerleaders versus the Iconics. I thought this match was to determine the last entrance into the chamber, but it turns out that both these teams had already announced on Twitter that they were in the chamber. And why did the Raw teams have to compete to get in while the SmackDown teams get to just say, hey, we're in? During the Iconics entrance, we get a clip from a WWE.com exclusive about how much it would mean for them to, mean to them to win the titles, So, which means they're not going to win the titles. And wait, this is a triple threat? Sure, why the fuck not? So we have three teams here. One who already said they were in the match, one that went on .com and talked about how much winning the tag titles would mean to them to win the match, and a hastily thrown-together team of two singles competitors expect the singles competitors to win. Naomi and Mandy finally get in the ring together, and Naomi climbs on top of her and barely comes even close to hitting her. Uh, Mandy pins Naomi for the victory grade. See, I'm glad that an actual team won, but the match in itself was nothing impressive. Andrade talks to us from his locker room. He looks high as shit. Zelina talks as well about Rey Mysterio. Then generic white guy Tom Phillips sends us to the Black History Month video. Match number four, Jeff Hardy versus Daniel Bryan. Clever spot where Jeff tries to do the catapult leap off the stairs onto Daniel, but Daniel hides behind Rowan and then runs over and pulls Jeff's legs out from under him, making him crash into the steps, kind of like uh, Mandy did to Naomi at the Rumble. Jeff counters the yes kicks, or whatever it is they're called now, into a stunner of fate, and then a swanton bomb, but Eric pulls him out of the ring at two, causing the disqualification. An actual disqualification. Grade B. Good little match. Brian locks Jeff in the yes lock, then Joe appears, then Randy, then Mustafa, who gets face choke slammed into the announce table. Then AJ's theme plays. He takes out Orton, takes out Joe, takes out Jeff, and stares down Brian in the entrance as we go to replays. In Gorilla, Daniel is pissed at Kayla for daring to ask him questions. I'm pretty sure that's the only flannel Rowan owns. He again promises to be the champion forever because that's what the planet needs. Overall grade for SmackDown is a B-. Better than Raw, as per usual. The matches this week just have not been able to hold my attention. 
And with that, I will wrap it up for this week. Tell me what you thought of my picks. Do you agree? Do you disagree? What did I get right? What did I get wrong? You can do all that at, at NitromaniaPod on Twitter or by emailing me NitromaniaPod at gmail.com. And with that, I will be back next weekend with another edition of Making the Grade. Blurch.